<laughs> this episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our podcast at patreon.com slash says who. Patreon, where every Sunday you get a whole nother bonus episode of this very podcast. You get me and Maureen all over again because you give at the five or $10 a month level. That $10 a month level also gets you a sticker because you become a member of the Says Who Sticker Club and one shows up in the mail every month. And it's great. Patreon.com slash says who. And I'm excited about the stickers you're making right now. Well, I'm not making them right now because we're recording the podcast. But, but I know what have, you're doing. And I am, up. I am excited. It's going to be fun. These are stickers I plan on using the shit out of. Yeah. But, you know, Dan, books, Nine <laughs> Liars, coming out super soon. December 27th. People already ordering it. I really wish I could tell you what the goddamn plan was yet for the pre-order, but I don't have that information. But soon. Soon. Soon I will be told. And um, just if you get it, I really hope you enjoy it. I'm working on a new book. I just really think that if around the holidays we might be going through some shit and I'm just giving you a little murderous vacation in a mansion. I just wanted to like, you know, that's my goal. And you know what? You don't have to like get it from the library or something. Like I don't want to have to. I don't want you to pay money and stuff like that. Well, money should not be a barrier to reading. I, it's very helpful to me when you buy my books, but I also just like want you to read without feeling like you have to give me money. Don't feel like you need to give me money. Well, you don't have to feel like that. But if you would like to, and this, you would like to this do is it in why a way. They, they don't like it when I talk in marketing meetings. Yeah, I get that. Uh, if you would like to, in fact pay money for Maureen's book, why not mosey on over to kickbezosintheballs.org, our bookshop, where you can pre-order the book right now, and you'll get it when it comes out in that late December, in those dark, dreary months, you'll be reading a murder. I, I was just trying to be, and they're going to be light and fun and warm and... <sighs> the month of December and January? Well, because everyone's huddled together. Okay. It's cozy. I mean, okay. Isn't I mean, it cozy? Sure. Yeah, I guess. If you'd like to be cozy, <clears throat> why not go to merch.sayswhopodcast.com and get yourself a Says Boo hoodie sweatshirt. They are light and wonderful. They are uh, a really great little uh, lightweight sweatshirt over at merch.sayswhopodcast.com. They're spooky, too. So that's fun. Merch.sayswhopodcast.com. So, uh, Dan, you ready? Uh, what are we going to do for the intro? I don't even know. Come on, Dan. Like, hey, just... how, you, how you doing? Hey, you know, it's where oh. we tell people about the show and, hey, yeah. do something funny. Ah, uh, drive you yeah. kid. Yeah, uh, hey, guy, you know. Yeah, it's one yeah. of those days. Yeah. Come on. <sighs> like that? <laughs> just says who the podcast where i surprised dan sinker by saying welcome it's maureen johnson not, not so much a surprise it's more of an annoy or a disappoint <laughs> or both and who are you 
Uh, it's a coping strategy. I am Dan Sinker. And I, you seem to be extra sunken today. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's been a day, Maureen Johnson. Uh, let me tell you, let me just back up real fast to say that the last two days um, got up at pre-dawn hours on Sunday and the teen and I got on an airplane, my first airplane since uh, February 2020. And we flew to Boston, Massachusetts so that he could visit the Massachusetts Institute of Technology as a potential college that he would like to attend. And it was amazing. But uh, we walked all around MIT on Sunday. Then he is a bit of a history buff. So we took the train over to Boston and walked a very lengthy uh, kind of history trail through Boston. And then we walked back from there to Cambridge. The By the end of Sunday, we had walked, uh, according to my little watch tracker, we had uh, walked 32,000 steps. Whoa. Yes. And then uh, we walked 20,000 plus yesterday doing a college tour and that kind of thing. Got back, uh, got back on a plane, flew back, got back after 10 o'clock at night. So very tired. Uh, the whole time that we've been gone, Janice has been solo parenting the little one and, uh, you know, doing an amazing job with that, but not feeling great and uh, feeling a little tired, feeling a little draggy. And this morning uh, we got up and she it was definitely clear that there was something else beyond just sort of like solo parenting is exhausting. You know, uh, there was a lot of very congested kind of like coughing and that kind of thing. And finally, it was like, I think we need to take a test. And Maureen Johnson, she popped a COVID positive as fast as that little liquid would cross the little test. Mm. It was a line. The line popped up so quickly that I was like, oh, wait, did the, does the control line on this test, is it on the other side of the paper strip? But uh, no, it wasn't. So yeah, we're dealing with that now. She is um, tired and, like I said, congested, um, has a low, low-grade fever, very low 99s, um, and, you know, has felt like that for a few days. So probably it's been around for a few days. Big mystery is uh, she doesn't go anywhere. I think so. Our best assumption is the little one probably took brought it home from school I'm and sorry. maybe had it and passed. He he tested negative today. All of us tested negative today. Um, he does have a low grade fever as well, so maybe he's just maybe it was a false negative or whatever. But um, but yeah, it's back. It's here. I'm the sorry. Team and I currently negative. Um, we're all, like I said, we're all masking in the house now. We didn't last night, so we'll see, you know, what that leads to. But I will say both me and the teen on Wednesday in anticipation of our trip, we both got the brand new boost. So maybe that's going to help us. Uh, who knows? Who knows, Maureen? Who knows? I'm a little stressed out about it. I am sorry. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not great. Um, I mean... Yeah, I certainly know people that have had COVID that are sicker than Janice is right now, and I'm very thankful that she is uh, not any sicker than she is, and hopefully that will that trend will only improve over time. Um, but yeah, it uh, it was a bit of a surprise and a bit of a shock and a bit of a, a hard transition back to 
uh, to to life after being away for two days. Huh, but thankfully, you are also, I will point out, back at home. I'm back, Dan, back in and my chair. You had an easy, chill time, I'm sure, transitioning back yourself to this world. Well, Dan, here's the thing. So I was on writing retreat, and that can be a, a an intense... It's a good experience, but it's fairly intense. Yeah. Where we're kind of heads down all the time. So I'm like... Sure. I was like, hey, you want a vacation with Greece? Like, no, you know, we really just are there all the time working. And then a couple of times, oh, for example, our house was on a hill because let me tell you something about the Greek islands, Dan. They are mountainous. They are just these yeah. crazy geological masses in the ocean. And Robin Washburn and I decided to walk down to the ocean. Fun. That which sounds was, nice. Which was a degree. It was like this, Dan. This was like what the what the street was like. Maureen so we is bas- indicating a 45 degree angle with her arm. We basically had to almost crawl down the, the road. But I mean, once I got there. How relaxing. It was pretty nuts. And also then you had to try not to get hit by four by fours and giant tour buses that would come along these tiny narrow Greek roads and we yeah. kind of have to jump into the shrubs and um, but it was a quick like it was surprisingly quick to get down there it was just kind of insane and then we swam in the Aegean and it was some of the nicest swimming I have ever done like it was wow. magical water it was just clear no weird critters in it Um just soft and st- okay. I was just in the water, Dan. So we yeah. went down there twice. Everything at this town in Mykonos was a slight hustle. Like you always felt like you were being slightly hustled. Right. Because uh, the ride down from our house to the beach was two minutes in a car. Okay. And the next day we're like a bunch of us were going one at a car because one person has problems with their ankles. Another person had a broken foot, could not yeah. do this walk. I mean, and the, it was barely even a walk by your it, description. It, it was it, a crawl. Oh, the way back there, like nobody can walk back. And we yeah. walked back and we were like, I, I mean, I had the heart checker on my watch. I got my workout in then because that was something. <laughs> it was like we were clawing our way back up to the house. But then the two minute ride down was 50 euro. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then 50 euro back again. We got wow. taken so hard. And, and, but I also want to point out it was 50 euro to go to the airport, which was a half hour away. Sure. So like, apparently this guy, every time you got in the car, you just, it was sort of a question of the weird negotiation of what you were going to get taken by. Yeah. Like when we arrived at the house and the guy was like, so, uh, you know, sometimes there are bandits that come to take watches and break into houses when people aren't here. So you're probably going to want this 600 euro a day security service. Sure. Why not? And we said no. Yeah. And it was a little like nice house I've just rented to you. Right. Hope hope no one takes your iPad. <laughs> so there was and a y'all little were fine. It, yeah, apparently they don't apparently they're they're gentle burglars that don't come when people are in the house. Well, you know. And we were always there. That's thoughtful of them. And in the end we were like, I guess if you want our our three year old eye watches, you can take them. Like Right. It's probably fine. It's cheaper uh, to replace your out-of-date iWatches than it is $600 a day. Does the Albanian mob want my iWatch that badly yeah. is a question we asked. So we had to always figure out how to set the alarm, and we kept we kept setting the alarm off on ourselves. <laughs> always fun. Um, 
So the first leg of my trip back meant I left a Greek airport at 7 p.m. and flew back to London. Now, Dan, a couple things happened in the UK this week. Did they? Which is going to, which will play into the tale of Maureen returns to the U.S. Yeah. So earlier last week, uh, the UK got a new prime minister, which is something we discussed in the yeah. last episode. They have a prime minister named Liz Truss now. Yeah. And she, they had to go up to Balmoral. So right. they made Boris and Liz go up to Balmoral to see the queen. And the queen said... You can be, you can retire and you can be prime minister. Yeah. Now, Dan, truly, I had a feeling. Like, you had I, a feeling. I did. I'm like, I think something really bad that is tonight like. Tonight is going to be a good <laughs> night. I just wasn't expecting this out of you, Dan. That tonight is going to be a good night. Is this the Black Eyed Peas? Yeah, it sure is. Huh? Well, there's I just. I once a co- got Jeff Tweedy to sing that song live in front of an audience. I got him to do an entire set of Black Eyed Peas songs. <laughs> That's all. Well, Dan, there was just something about how they kept, I don't know, there was just something away and they were being very kind of, I mean, they had they had a big party for her this year, like they kind of knew. Right. Yeah, well, had, I mean, we, we discussed at the time yeah. That what it was her 70 year. Yeah. And there was yeah, a bunch and it was of like, stuff. That isn't a, that isn't a year that you it's celebrate. Not, no. And they she kept not being able to go to stuff and then she couldn't come down. But she seemed really determined to see the new prime minister in. And I was like, right. I think something it just felt like something was going on. And something was going on because she saw the new prime minister and on Tuesday and then on Thursday, uh, I don't know, well, let's see, it was mid-afternoon in Greece because I didn't feel well and I laid down for a nap. Yeah. So, um, I took a 20-minute nap and I woke up and there was this weird breaking news that was like, Queen's doctors say weird things are happening. And I was like, oh, they're they're signaling like that something is going on. Yeah. And they were, in fact, signaling because there is a thing called Operation London Bridge Yep. That when the queen passes, all of these things automatically happen. And this document is huge. Yeah. One of the first things is that all BBC presenters, everybody immediately puts on black. Yeah. And they they hauled out one of their tried and truest newsreaders, and everybody suddenly had their black clothes on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they put the black clothes on. Like here's so does this this implies that every newscaster has a all black ensemble yes stored at the BBC I think they do fitted to them ready to go at any time I think they do are they behind like break glass type windows I don't know where they keep them but they do have they have black clothes ready because they had the black clothes on within a half an hour because I think they got the message yeah because the queen's doctors aren't normally like we're concerned they're usually don't say anything or they're like she's right. fine Right. This was like, mm, uh, and everyone's like, quickly to the wardrobe. And they put on the black. Yeah. And they were just like, well, this is weird. Uh, and she passed away in the afternoon. Yeah. To sort of, it, they, they kind of let everybody know that something was bubbling. Yeah. Well, Dan, I, look, 
I have nothing negative to say about the passing of a 96-year-old woman, a mother, a grandmother, great-grandmother, uh, that a lot of people have strong feelings about. Sure. Me, personally, what do I think about the monarchy? I think monarchies are dumb. But, you yeah. know, and not great. But do I want to say bad? Th- like, do I, I, look, I don't know what everybody's personal. Like, people have a lot of feelings, Dan. Let me just yes. put it this way. I I honor the emotions of human beings. Um, but uh, how do I put this down? <laughs> so, so part of Operation London Bridge. So all comedy on the BB, like all that is gone. Like there's no comedy on right now. I'm, I don't know all the details of London Bridge, but basically everything kind of stopped. Everybody's wearing black and it's all just kind of serious. Yeah. Like they had all these things ready to go, like retrospectives of the queen. Right. And I mean, I think that probably there are many news organizations where there's someone whose job and that job has existed for quite a while now mm-hmm. is to just make sure that the queen's obit is ready to roll. And that the retrospective does not need to be cut together. It's already cut. Oh, there's a package. Like all they have yeah. to do is is to slot it in and hit play. Yeah. Like that's they definitely have they had all the graphics, they had everything. Yeah. Um now Dan, obviously a lot of people, there were a lot so there was a lot of Twitter activity, a lot of people pointing out the absolute horrors of uh colonization, of empire, of the fact that you know, there's a lot of people in this world that have no love for the British monarchy. Yeah. And uh, of the... Mo- and, and for also- good reason. Oh, for really good reasons. For great reasons. Oh, for really, really yeah. good reasons. And that they don't really have any interest in mourning the passing of an of a, the monarch of the UK. Sure. All I can verify to you is that it happened and yeah. that... Boy, oh boy, are you aware that it's happened? Yeah. So in a million, zillion, patrillion different ways, because I now board a British air flight on Sunday evening to return to London. Yeah. Uh, Also, generally in England, things are pretty shit right now. The pound has crashed to almost par with a dollar. Yeah. Uh, Let's look. I think I have a... Do I have it? No, I don't have it with me, but I we we got some UK publications while we were there. Just the cost of fuel and food this winter, I oh, believe yeah. in some cases going up by 400%. Yeah. It is, like, people are really, like, there's some really dire questions. Yeah. Um, they just got a new prime minister. Things are pretty bad. I mean, let's just back up for one second. Sure. And think about the fact that on Monday last week, mm-hmm. England had a prime minister and a queen. Mm-hmm. And by Thursday this week, that same week, they had an entirely different prime minister and a king. Yes. That's a lot of change all at one moment. And also just the stuff with the queen is that one thing you start to really become aware of is that her image and the naming convention is everywhere. Oh, yeah. So it's so much a part of like, like it's on all their stuff. Yeah. So now they got to get all new stuff. They, I like, mean, they got to get all new stuff. Like there's going to be different money and stamps and yeah. 
people that have had the job of Queen's Counsel all their life, which is a, a form of a lawyer, uh, are now King's Counsel. They're right. like Her Majesty's this and that. Like she has just, for most of you know, for our lifetimes, has just been a thing that's been there, and yeah. now there's a different thing. Yeah, in um. We have talked before about how New York City elects clown mayors and yes. Chicago elects boss mayors. And the the major boss mayor that was mayor for 22 years during my life, Richard Daly, um, he understood the power in putting your name on literally everything because yeah. it just made everyone be like, well, that's the mayor. Of course, I'm going to vote for the mayor. Like yeah. every single thing in the city of Chicago would say Richard M. Daly mayor, you know, uh, there was the, the, uh, truck that would drive around and spray graffiti off of, um, the clean graffiti off of everything was called mayor Daly's graffiti blasters, you know, and had a big sign on it. Um, every single thing had his name and that was just a mayor. Let a, and was only mayor for only 22 years, let alone a queen that where you get your face on the fucking money too and shit like that. And the money for a whole bunch of countries like it isn't just the UK that needs new money. Canada needs new money like a whole bunch of places need new money now. Um, but yeah, it's a, she, that is a transition for sure. She's also just part of like when Americans or anyone, you know, think of like England, you know, there's always like, and there's the queen, you know, there's yeah. just, there's just this kind of cartoonish sometimes. Cause it's literally an image, you know, like a drawing of, you know, just this, this figure is there, this, and she died. She went and she died. And yeah. hold Do on, you I just, think I got to scratch my quick, back with a pair I have of scissors a quick question for you. I'm going to scratch my back with these scissors for a second. There go. So yeah. the transition from Liz Truss to Boris Johnson was a known date and time. Yes. Do you think they weekend at Bernie's her through that little thing they had to do? Uh, no, she was, they have, she was uh, up and. Uh, Maybe it was like a puppy. She's, she spoke to the photographer. Oh, uh, well, isn't that handy? But they were saying things like she was determined to do this. So when she opened her mouth, though, did you hear like a little tape recorder click down? <laughs> it's pretty dark, Dan. <laughs> Just saying. Well, Dan is remarkable timing. I mean, so I, again, I live with an English person who doesn't give two shits about the monarchy. And he was like, yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> what do you want me to say? Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't care about the monarchy. <laughs> so um, now, Dan. It is hard for me to explain to you, even in the limited exposure I had, just yeah. how much coverage there is of the Queen's passing. And all official, like this is all planned, but it's to the point where it's just kind of an overwhelming on like and in ways large and small. Like when I got yeah. on, so we we get back to the UK and you know, like at points on various like boards at Heathrow Airport are like the, the the all the flight times, and then the next board instead of having other flight times is just a black screen with a picture of the Queen. You know, wow. Says, you know, um, and like all the the shops have a lot of them have signs. Yeah, 
like you go into the little M&S at the airport to get like a sandwich, which is what we did when we arrived because our plane was late. Yeah. And now the queen was being transported. And I, I said, no, we were stuck on the ground. We couldn't seem to get out of Greece to get back to England. And I said to Oscar, she is moving faster dead than we are alive. Like, <laughs> because I'm sorry for saying that, but sorry, not sorry. Um, th- once she passed, she still has a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. She's, so we get back to England. We, f- we arrive pretty late. We check in our hotel and we turn on the TV and all that's on the TV is, is queen coverage. Yeah. The next morning we turned it on because we had about till around noon in the hotel and it's all just like coverage. So the, so Prince Charles has like, I can't keep track of it all, Dan, because it's going on, I believe, for like another week. So it's like right. a week and a half of right. I, what we saw on the TV the other day, I think, was Prince Charles going to. So there was one part that was just her coffin being moved to Edinburgh, then right. him and the royal family flying to Scotland and then like various processions. Now I think today she's coming back to London and like there's some kind of guard thing that they're like, it's it, every single day is so many ceremonies. And yeah. so like all the stuff that, you know, all the British ceremony stuff is ha- those, these schedules are packed. She yeah. is busy and she will be lying in state. Um, they expect that in some cases, like they're they're the un, the crowds they're expecting in London yeah. for the viewing are are nuts. Yeah, I'm I mean, seeing things like they are going to cap the line at thirty hour waits. Yeah, you won't be able to join the line if it reaches a thirty hour wait. Yeah, yeah, like it's uh, everything's going to shut. <laughs> So it's going to be a bank holiday, so all work will close. And I believe it will be for the, I believe the funeral's on the 19th. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that would be, I guess, next Tuesday? I don't know what day uh, it is. Next then. Monday. Next Monday. That does sound right. Bank holiday yeah. Monday. So uh, everything will be shut down, but there's just, it's just kind of, like even on the plane home, on the Virgin plane, all of the the air, the crew had small black ribbons on their uniforms. Right. Like just everywhere you look, just very ways large video, and small. Uh, for those of you that have never been to London or ridden the tube, if you have the, uh, the underground there is some of the lines are extremely deep underground. And you take these very, very, very long escalators down and up to those various lines. And the walls of them, of the escalator, are lined, I would say, about every two or three feet with digital ad screens. And I saw somebody uh, tweet a video riding up one of these very long escalators. And they were like, riding the tube in London is kind of a surreal experience right now. And it's just every single screen was just a picture of the queen. And like for, you know, a three minute long escalator ride. It's yeah. something. And Here's where I'm going to be selfish for a minute more. All right. I mailed my paperwork. Oh, okay. For a British passport. 
last week. Congratulations. And I am positive that it's going to get totally fucked (laughs) by the queen. Why is that? Because it's it's like things are not functioning. Like the government is basically non-functional right now, right? Like I can't imagine that they are, uh, you know, processing their piles of passport material right now. You might be right about that, Dan. Uh, As someone who lives with someone who just tried to get a passport, it was difficult. Yeah. Um, But uh, there have been some not so great moments in which people who protested the monarchy were arrested for doing so. Yeah. And that was spooky. Yeah. Um, It's weird. It's a weird time. And the kind of national mourning that is happening, it had definitely shades of Diana. Mm -hmm. Bigger, though. Bigger, um, less shock, more just like huge and all-encompassing. Right. It's like they're pulling the shutters down on the whole country. Right. On a country... That's already pretty fucked right now. Yeah, I mean, that's already fairly shuttered. So it's a weird time in the UK right now. Can I read you one of my favorite details from the Project London Bridge or whatever they called it? Yeah. The Guardian a number of years ago, it was actually in 2017, ran a whole big article about all of the various plans. And uh, my favorite paragraph reads, at the BBC... The, quote, radio alert transmission system, which then they shortened to R-A-T-S, yes, RATS, Rats. will be activated, a Cold War era alarm designed to withstand an attack on the nation's infrastructure. RATS, which is sometimes referred to as, quote, royal about to snuff it, is a near-mythical part of the intricate architecture, ritual, and rehearsals for the death of major royal personalities that the BBC has maintained since the 1930s. Most staff have only ever seen it work in tests. Many have never seen it work at all. Quote, whenever there's a strange noise in the newsroom, someone always asks, is that the rats? Because we don't know what it sounds like. I found this all very interesting because I'm fascinated by the London, like these plans, these kind of like activate and you pull out the folder that's like we have the op you know operation lend imagine knowing exactly like when you pass like they're like always there are people always getting ready for your death like they're making a close they're making signals they're planning your funeral long before you're dead um all that's happening I mean, I think if you're like at the level of the queen, you're psyched about that. Like, I don't think you think, oh, I think I don't think you think it's weird. Right. Like, of course, like there's probably people that have been on staff for forever who that's their whole job. Right. Like is just they're the like grim reapers. They're in charge of the whole process. Yeah, because because that's the whole thing about being queen is that you're not really a person. Right. You're like a, you're a, you're a totem. You're like a, you know, you are a, you are a symbol 
as much as anything. So they are going to absolutely make sure that that symbol is symbolized. Can I just point out too, Dan, that right now I'm pretty confused because um, I uh, I flew back yesterday. Yeah, I was yeah. on a plane yesterday, all day yesterday. Yeah. So I was on a plane all Sunday night. And then we got on another plane yesterday afternoon and we landed in the U.S. around, I don't know. I know we got home around 7.05. Yeah. Which in our brain was two in the morning. Right. Because we've been seven hours off. So we were like, we landed. And now Oscar had been bitten by an insect in Greece. Sure. Insects love him and his sweet, sweet English blood. Yeah. And it got really big and red and it, he's it looked real spooky and i was like that's okay. not good so i was i went to uh i dug point yeah maybe he got superpowers uh, he didn't hmm. just was kind of normal dang so i dug out some a little small package of antibiotic ointment we got to heathrow i went to the boots at heathrow and here's the thing about boots at heathrow which is their very prominent pharmacy chain yeah, it's like goes. they're Walgreens. It's like bigger than that, though. It's like basically the only pharmacy that exists is Boots. Right. And whenever you go in, they're very well-stocked and very well-trained. But they ask you a lot of questions whenever you try to buy something off the shelf. Yeah. And I said, I need some antibiotic ointment, just some normal first aid ointment. And they yep. said, we don't sell that. And I said, you don't sell first aid, just like first aid antibiotic, antiseptic ointment. I was using all the words, antibiotic, yeah. antiseptic, neosporin, basic first aid ointment. They're like, no, what's it for? I said, it's for a bug bite, but it, it's infected. Oh, we don't have stuff for bug bites. I said, I don't need stuff for bug bites. I need antibiotic ointment. Where is it on the body? I said, it's on the shoulder. They said, is it for you? I said, no. And I'm also wearing what I'm wearing now, which is a shoulderless, like, there's nothing. My shoulders are it's exposed. It's clearly not on your shoulder. And they, yeah. uh, they're like, and is this on you? I said, no, it's on my husband. I'm trying to get some antibiotic ointment. They're like, no, no, we don't have that. No, no. We have a uh, first aid ointment. And I, they, I, I kind of blinked. And I, cause this is every exchange I've ever had at Boots. They're super helpful yeah. and they don't have it. And they're like, well, then we have it. And they point to a giant pile of it. And it's super well packaged and cheap. It was just off in the corner and it was a pound for a tube. It was super cheap. And I bought some and I put, I slathered it on him. I'm like, this will get you through the, the ride home. And then just, he went over to City MD, the urgent care before it closed. Once and you then, were back here. Once we were back, I was New like, York. just pop in. It closes at eight, you know, see. And we're all real tired, but I'm like, just pop over and have him just take a quick look at it. And he calls me and he's like, yeah, so uh, the doctor was like, you should probably go to the ER right now for an IV antibiotics. And uh, yeah, he didn't say I had to, but he was like, you should probably go to the ER. And I'm like, and I was like, oh boy, well then he's definitely telling you to go to the ER. Was this a real doctor or was this? So I look, so he gets home and I look at his discharge instructions and it says in all caps, go immediately to the emergency oh, room. And I was okay. like, okay, so let's get your stuff. Let's get a bunch of, you know, grab your, we hadn't unpacked. We had literally just yeah, gotten mean, home. Meanwhile, you have been home for like two hours total. No, I had been home for a half an hour. <laughs> 
I'd been home for a half an hour, Dan. We got up at wow. 7.05 and he called me at 7.35. So perfect. I had still just basically unzipped one bag. I, stuff had exploded all over the, t- you know, like I was starting to take everything out. I'm like, just grab your bag, charging cords, pair of pajamas if you need it. Let's go. Yeah. So we went over. And now the ER in New York, they're just ready for anything. They're just like, they're so like this. We went to the nice ER. Okay. It's got a hundred bays and there's no room. I've been to suburban ERs. It's they're like huge rooms. They're like beautiful hotel rooms. This is like a curtain, just the width of the gurney and then about a foot and a half to stand in. There's no chairs. Like I, so I, Uh I kind of huddled with him on the gurney and eventually the doctor comes over after about, you know, they have to go in order because it's just a fucking bug bite. So they, they got to deal with the people that are having heart attacks. And they cut, and the doctor comes over and she's super cool and funny and she's like, can you just tell me what happened? And uh, and he told her and he's like, and you went to City MD, huh? And I was like, oh, here's the report. She's like, I don't want to read that for a second. I don't like to get you know my judgment clouded by you know. I just want to yeah. hear the facts. And then she kind of nodded and went, okay. And then she opened up the paper and went, and you just he had that at, like that look on her face that like it was like son of a bitch. And she looks and she says the name of the doctor in the corner. And she's like, this guy. What? And she said it in a way like like Jerry Seinfeld used to say Newman. Like, <laughs> so apparently she's like, she's like, I shouldn't be saying this, but this guy, this guy, I knew it was going to be him. What? Because I guess whenever it gets too late or he's just like, I don't know, go to the ER. Like he basically just punts to the er and so he's like i'm not gonna do it go to the er so he just hoses the er by not kind of making a decision that's especially fun in the united states of america when the price difference between a visit to urgent care and a visit to the er is thousands of dollars yes our plan is 50 dollars for urgent care and 500 to walk into the er yeah so uh, so he just basically, and she's like, yeah, this guy. All right. That is amazing. She's like, yeah, well, I'm going to give you some antibiotics. So she gave him antibiotics and she was really good natured about it. She's like, I know I shouldn't be saying this, but honestly, God, <laughs> this guy, when I see his name, I just know, I just know. So this guy punts everybody to the ER. And so instead of doing your stitches or like, Finishing the anal- the analysis of whatever, like he just sends them over to the ER. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So she's like, I knew it was going to be him. One time, uh, a number of years ago now, uh, my friends and I were all skateboarding. You know, I was a, I was, I was, was not a teenager. We were all well into our thirties, early forties, and uh, we were skateboarding at a skate park in Chicago. And a friend of mine who's very large was like in one of the big bowls and his board went out from under him and he was in screaming at the bottom of the bowl suddenly. And uh, he clearly he had done something to his ankle, probably broke his ankle. And so I run to my car where I had cardboard and tape because, of course, I was a cardboard and tape in my car and I jump into the bowl and I fashion sort of a splint around his ankle and then we commandeer as many of the children that were also at the park as well to stand at the top of the bowl while we lift him from the bottom. He's like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, big guy. We kind of lift him from the bottom. The kids reach over and drag him up from the top 
and we get him in my car and I drive over to the um, ER, which was just on the other side of Lakeshore Drive from where we were. And uh, he gets seen and the doctor walks in and the doctor sort of has, it seems like a similar attitude of like, oh, what the fuck? What are you doing here? <laughs> you know, and he kind of like wiggles his toe and my friend is like, ah, you know, and he's like, what is this on his leg? And I'm like, well, it's a splint. Like, he's like, yeah, that actually looks pretty good. I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> uh, what are you doing here? And so he starts kind of yanking at his sock. And my friend starts screaming and I'm like, don't you think you should cut that off or something? Like, I, I don't think you're going to get that off his foot without a great deal of pain. And the guy looks at me, takes some scissors out of his pocket, shrugs and hands them to me and walks out of the room. <laughs> yeah. I also just want to say shout out to, or I've had, I had an amazing doctor at the urgent care, probably the same one. Yeah. When I was first got really sick and they didn't know what was wrong with me and I had some raging infection inside of me and I, I tried to stumble my way over to urgent care yeah. and couldn't walk. Yeah. And then Oscar had to put me in a cab to basically Jesus. take me the half a block because I couldn't walk. And then I stumble yeah. in and they get me back and my heart rate, Something crazy was happening with my heart rate. Yeah. It was bad. Apparently, it was very bad. Apparently, I was completely gray. It was like 180 Jesus. or 190. I, they had to suddenly get me flat. And then she's like, you're going. She's, and she's like, okay, you're, you're going to go to the, we're, we're getting the, the ambulance. You're going to the hospital. I'm getting you over there right now. And she was super great and they had to bring in an assistant to help because I was apparently going into some kind of distress or something. And I was trying to talk, but I couldn't. And so she had to call the squad Jesus. in and she met like she managed the squad. And, I, it, you know, I converted when they got me on the stretcher and were getting me in the ambulance. My heart rate converted back, but I was still really sick and I was Jesus in the hospital Christ. for a couple of days. But I just remembered this woman like she was like a savior to me. You know, she yeah. was like, I still can see her face. I'm like, yeah. And I was like, I know I'm okay. I was just trying to communicate to her. I was like, I just needed to make it here. Yeah. I was like, I knew something was wrong. I knew I just had to get here. And she's like, don't be scared. I was like, no, I'm with you. I'm not scared. Wow. But I can't talk. So I couldn't say it. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I'm, 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 and I was, because I couldn't really breathe that well because my yeah. heart rate was so, I don't know. It was, I had some rage. It was the beginning of it all, Dan. That was when they hospitalized me and started pumping me full of chemicals because they're like, what the fuck is wrong with her? Does she have, did they leave an instrument in her? Should we run her under? An, uh, like a, oh, Jesus. Like a, like what's, they were, they thought there was a, maybe a surgical sponge left in me. Like they didn't know, Dan. That's when they were just filling me with antibiotics and going, we don't know what the fuck's wrong with her. That was the beginning of it all. But I remember Amazing. that woman's face. And so I, I, City MD, I still thank you because that woman was there for me. She was a goddamn angel. That's awesome. She got me to help. So every, for every one of this guy, there's one of her. <laughs> Shout out to City MD docs and everyone that work in the ER because New York ERs look like every form of human misery and madness is happening in them. But they look oh, yeah. like a cross between... I said this last night. 
a subway station, and a haunted office supply warehouse because there's no room for anything. So we were just crammed in a corner with like, there were literally three desk chairs crammed together. Like their, their bottoms are over are overlapping because they've all been jammed in a corner. Uh-huh. And the one has like duct tape on it. We're in the mm-hmm. nice hospital, by the way. Yeah. There's like 20 monitors back there. There's monitors hitting against monitors yeah. that are on top of other monitors and everything is going beep. There was someone down the hall or the long be- string of bays that screamed without pause the whole time that we were there. Oh, and it, it reminded me very much of this of the show, the Real Life Stories of the ER, which we watched on the last night in Greece, that there was a story about a man that was completely catatonic and they took him into the ER and every couple seconds he went, Oh no. And that was because Dan, a cockroach had climbed into his ear and was biting his ear. Okay, no. No, 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 and no. And he was no. so and no, it was his, it was no, his no. number one phobia in life and he had, he was so scared that he had gone catatonic. And the screams were whenever it was hitting or biting into his eardrum. Oh, and the doctor God. leaned Why over. Why are you telling this story? Because it's then, horrible. then because the, two nights later, I'm in the ER hearing, ah! like they were you just like, have you checked their ear for cockroaches? Just terrible things happen. Like the guy in the bay next to me, some guy popped out of nowhere, punched him in his face, and then that guy's dog bit him on the hand. <laughs> he was like, I was just walking down the street, and this guy came out of nowhere, punched me, and his dog bit me. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, huh? Like every, all the ER docs, they're always, they're just such brave, amazing people. All those doctors and nurses, they are always, they just have to see and deal with everything. They're like, huh? All right, well, we'll take care of you. Okay. Here's, I think, the lesson, Maureen. What? You went to Greece Mm -hmm. and you came back and almost immediately you're in with the kind of misery of life in the ER. I spent the night at JFK, the afternoon at JFK, the evening at JFK, and the night in the ER, which is like a Queen album that no one wanted. Yeah. And I left for a very whirlwind trip with the teen, came back, and now Janice has COVID. And I think that the answer to all of it is don't go anywhere. Yeah, as you notice, you guys, this week we didn't really do any news aside from the fact of the passing of the queen because none of us, and I also want to point out that I got off the plane not 12 hours ago. I don't know what time it is. <laughs> it's I, a little more than 12 it's, hours It's ago. We're not yeah. at 24 hours. No. But I definitely don't know when in time I am right now. Yeah, I bet. I'm just, I realized I was still talking and I was like, huh, am I still talking? What time is it? Like, and I looked at the clock as I was talking. I was like, is it 2.30? That's weird. I thought it was maybe 8. I don't know. I woke up at 4.30 this morning just because, you know, because I don't know what time it is. Yeah. And there was a huge thunder and lightning storm going on. Yeah. And so I just didn't know what else to do So because I'm confused. And I got up and I just kind of peeled back the blind and was just watching it. Like, that's something, isn't it? Look at that. Wow. That's neat. And I was just thinking how neat it was. And then I was like vaguely like, was I in the ER tonight? Was I I in the hospital tonight? Am I awake now? Am I in Greece? Am I in England? Or am I in New York? And what time is it? 
what's happening? What's going on? Travel is confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So neither of us really know what the fuck is going on right now. No, and I uh, I normally prepare the show notes in the morning prior to recording. We record around uh, 1.30 Eastern, 12.30 Central. And instead, we were dealing with the whole COVID fallout. It's still sort of amazing to me now we are this many years into this. And there's still not great guidance about what you're supposed to do at the time that you actually test positive. You know, I don't mean Jan- to laugh, Dan. Jan- no, it's it's fine. Laugh because I'm <sighs> fucking insane. But um, yeah, Janice wrote her doctor hasn't heard back yet. Like you know, I mean, it's just one of those like, okay, uh, I guess we'll do these things. These things seem fine. COVID, and then we're gonna do. COVID them. doesn't exist in the UK. They're just. Yeah. It's weird going th- from you know from Greece where we were just in a house. So we didn't go anywhere. We literally never went anywhere else indoors. Yeah. We only ever went down to the beach and back. So we didn't really ex- experience any masking policy, but I could tell you at the airport and whatever, nobody's mad. Like it's nobody. But in England, they, like I told you before, they stopped mad. Like yeah. they just were like, nope. And so everything's open. Shirts off, guns out, spring break. It's just we, but we obviously masked the whole way. Yeah. On the plane, so I got mask ear. You know where it starts cutting oh, in because yeah. I was wearing the mask for about nine hours, probably yeah. ten. Then I put it back on to go to the ER, so I wore it for another yeah. three or so hours. Um, it's good stuff. Wore out my mask. Got to throw that thing away. Me and the um, teen did the put the mask on before you go into the first airport. Keep it on. Don't move it till you leave the last airport. Can I tell you, Dan, though, that because I've told this before, I get into the Virgin gave me gold so I get to go into the lounge? Yeah. I said, I planned it out so that we left the hotel room and went to that lounge at exactly the right time. Yeah. Because it was, our flight was at 2.30. I said, we are going to eat everything in that goddamn lounge. (laughs) We are going to eat. We are going to take stuff. We are going to, I had... So much food. And they have good food there. I had a huge veggie burger with fries and pickles and some vegetarian Yum. goiza and a plate of salads and some blue with some cheese on it. And yeah. then I I had some cappuccinos and I had them put another one in a cup. And then they had this cool seltzer. So I drank that. And then I found these bars up front that were cool. So I like put them in my, I was like, put those in the bag. <laughs> Then I found these little to-go pots of Marmite, took those down for no fucking reason, just because I wanted a to-go pot of Marmite because I might want that later. Then I was like, would you put this in a cup for me to take anything I could get out of there? (laughs) That's the point of the lounge. I was like, we are going to eat every goddamn thing they have. (laughs) They had a seltzer that was rose and hibiscus. Oh, it was mwah, so good. I was I meant to get two cans of it to shove in my bag, and I forgot. But that says I was too busy taking packs of Marmite. <sighs> I ate I too you, much. All of your talk of food reminds me when we were, um, when the teen and I were uh, visiting MIT. It was dinner on Sunday night. And it was like, you know, what do you want? And he was like, I kind of want Middle Eastern food. And so we started looking things up. 
And he was like, there's a place not far from here. They sell something called the show waffle. I was like, what's that? He was all, it's a combination shawarma and falafel. So we walked all that way. It was like a mile and a half. And we had already walked a lot that day. Uh, and uh, we got ourselves some shawaffle. Was it good? It was so good. It was so good. You could also, for a dollar more, they'll put fries inside it. <gasps> did you do that? And there were pickles in it. Oh, of course we did that. <clears throat> and there were pickles in it, too. And, uh, man, it was it was incredible. It was incredible. The shawaffle. I got to cook dinner tonight, Dan, and I don't know what, because our, the house in Greece had a cook, a Greek cook who, yeah, she was lovely, but she was out of her mind because every day we were like, please make less food. This is too much food. And she's like, okay, I'll make less. Dan, there were five, six of us. It is hard for me to explain how much goddamn food was on the table, <laughs> which we paid for. Like we bought all the groceries and like, yeah, we yeah. were like. So this was all our food, but we're like, it's too much food. A giant first giant pile of Greek salad with all the dips and a giant pile of pita. That was usually most of my dinner. Then she'd be like, then the first giant pile of meat Mm -hmm. and then the giant pile of potatoes. And then there'd be some weird secondary meat pile. And then there would be like, okay, and here are 20 stuffed peppers with rice. And then we'd be like, what? She's like, you didn't eat anything. And everybody ate so much food and we're like you need to make less food or we're like can we eat some of the leftovers for lunch like she didn't seem yeah. to understand the concept of leftovers right and we were like please just give it the love she's like okay and then we'd get like a little bit of a leftover with like and then i also made you a, a spanakopita and a this and a that and like there'd be 29 more dishes and we'd be like i don't know what to do it's just <laughs> so much food the stray cat that we adopted that's still there, her name, we call her Ariadne. I was in charge. Mostly I was the one feeding her at first. Let me just say that Ariadne has had a fine diet. Uh, she is eating like a queen. Yeah. She had four different types of meat one day. There you go. Roasted that's lamb and chicken. And I would rinse off like the beef and stuff. If it had onions on it, I would, I would rinse it in the sink to cut it up for her. She had shrimp. She had fish. She had. We had pregnant cat, we had Ariadne, we had little gray cat with the mustache and the mean orange oh. cat. So like we had a lot of cat, but Ariadne, we're working on bringing Ariadne back to London and getting her adopted because wow. she, had, she, by the time I left, she was in the house with us. Like when we would sit on the sofa at night, she was in the house curled up between us on the sofa. Aww. So she, and one night she slept inside the house. And I was only there for the first week. So they're there for two more weeks. So oh, okay. Ariadne is like, she showed up, at, you know, she was ready for breakfast first thing in the morning, you know, then she laid next to us. So if you live in London and you want a cat, get in touch. We are working on getting her veterinary papers. I love it. Well, on that <laughs> note, says who is made possible by you. Next week will be normal. I mean, hopefully. Not if I have COVID. Oh, Dan. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> Made possible by you. Oh. Through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. I was at one point going to write you and be like, maybe we should do this tomorrow. And then I realized, like, I don't know what tomorrow's bringing. Oh, my God, Dan. <laughs> our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at says who podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y. That says who podcast.com. 
Join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash Sazuvians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. This was Janice uh, this morning was like, you know, one of the tells, I think, now that I think about it, was uh, she always does a Friday post on the Facebook group, just kind of how are people's weeks, what are people up to, and all of that. And there are always some people along there that ask how she's doing, which is a very thoughtful thing to do when you're, you know, when there's a moderator. And she always responds directly to those, you know. And she was like, yeah, one of the tells was, you know, a few different people asked how I was doing, and I just felt too tired to respond. Mm. She was like, now I'm looking back on that and realizing maybe it wasn't just normal tired. Like, yeah. Anyway, if you want to join the fan run discord server, visit tinyurl.com slash says who discord, spread the word, subscribe, please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And you can join us next Wednesday. Dan. Barring any other things it occurs to me that we're now on today's the 13th of september yeah we're almost halfway through september where is our january where's what's going on next Uh, week maybe we'll know you know what you just reminded me of morning no something cool yes what this is our six year anniversary episode oh my god six years ago i believe two days from now we did the first of what was going to be eight episodes of Says Who. This is our 255th. (laughs) (laughs) So, for those of you that have been sticking around all this time, you can join us again next Wednesday, September 21st, for the 256th episode of Says Who. I'm trying to, I'm looking right now to see when the next, because they said we were going to have another, okay, the January's, Six committee is set to meet on person, I think, today, because it says on Tuesday, and this was two days ago. So it looks like they're meeting, and that means they are maybe announcing a new hearing, and they just put out like 40 subpoenas or something like that. So we may have news. Well, those 40 subpoenas are from the Justice Department. Whatever. So different than than that. But uh, yeah, we will see. And we will hopefully be here next Wednesday, September 21st, for our very next episode from my basement in Chicago, where when I go back upstairs, I will be putting on a mask. I am Dan Sinker. I'm just looking at one of the uh, headlines. Dozens of Clarence House staff have been given notice of redundancy as Charles and Camilla's offices moved to Buckingham Palace. Thanks for your service. You're all fucking fired. I'm the king now. Yeah. (laughs) Monarchy is weird, but you know, frankly, we don't want prince staff. We need king staff. You're out. A hundred of a hundred of his staff. You think you'd yeah. need more staff if you were a king? I was going to say that monarchy is weird, but so is everything. It's that's true. Everything's weird. I'm so tired, but not tired. I'm not tired. I'm awake. I just don't know when I am. What's happening? Well, all you need to do is say your name. Look at all this washi tape I've got. Your name is Maureen Johnson. My friend Holly was showing me some stu- some Happy Planner stuff, so I think I'm going to get a different Happy Planner. Okay. I think I'm going to buy a different one, Dan, because I think the one I got is too big, and she she um, recommended the classic size, which is more oh. like this as opposed to the yeah. big size that I got. So I think I'm going to be getting a classic size one, Dan. Okay. 
Well, that's great. I'm happy for you and your planner, but you could just end it, mm. the episode. By do you think saying, I should get a different happy planner? Do you think I, I should? Really? I whenever whatever uh, town watch episode that you were talking about your planner and how you know blah blah blah. Is this the right one? Is it not? And I was like, you know, it's okay. Like keep going till you get the right one. Although I do like this, and it's, I think it's big though. That's it like the size of a trapper keeper from like the 1980s. It is big, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty darn big. Anyway. Do you want me to finish up? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Uh. Are you tired of, I'm trying to perk you up, Dan. Is it working? Yeah, it's great. Come on, where's that smiley Dan Sinker I know? Where's that jolly fella? Just oh, staring at me, just, just all beardy. Just say your name. Just that beardy glare I'm getting. <sighs> you want to see, watch what my magnifying glass does. Whoop, it pops out. I mean, you that's look. fine. Why do you have a magnifying glass? Because I had to look at something small. It's so small. <laughs> this. You haven't even said your fucking name. Oh, right. Hold on. I got to scratch my back again with these Jesus shoes. Christ. <laughs> this. I'm Maureen Johnson. That's right. Ah. And this has been Says Who. Dingity dong dong. Bingity bang bang. Dingity ding dang dang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>